Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is your favorite podcaster, Mark Cotrere, with your favorite podcast, Making a Cut. As you can tell, I'm super excited. It is draft week. That's right. It's only a few days away from it. This Thursday, we kick off the first round of the draft. I'll be watching. And so, as you can tell from the title, what it's going to be about today. But before we get started, as always, you know where you can find me. My link is going to be on my Facebook But of course, anywhere that you get your podcast, you can find me, especially on Spotify. If you go to Spotify, you know, I say this all the time. If you go there, you find me on there, making a cut, see my face, click follow, and it's going to let you know uh, when my next episode pops up. And so you'll be ready and you'll be ready to hear it. So again, thank you all for the listens. Thank you all for the follows and the shares. It means the world to me. I can't, can't say it enough. Thank you so much. As you can see. I'm so excited. I'm trying to I'm trying to slow myself down there. But I have my mock draft 3.0. I also have my Saints mock draft 2.0. And I'm also going to tell you where LSU players are going in the draft as well. I'm not going to break down the whole seven-round draft pick for you. I am going to go all seven rounds for LSU uh, uh, to show where LSU players are going. I'm going to do all seven rounds for the Saints. But I'm only going to do the mock draft of the first round as always which is the majority of the time all the ones that go. So, without further ado, uh, this one here on the first round is a little bit different here. It may not be what it is. I wasn't going for uh, what I think it should be this year. If I were a general manager, I did go with uh, philosophies a little bit more turned towards these teams as they're drafting. I may explain some of it, but for time's sake, I may not explain much of it at all. just depends there. So, starting off, number one, a lot of talk about the Carolina Panthers moving up from nine to four to, to, to number one to take the first pick uh, as quarterback. They've been going back and forth, and I know Bryce uh, Young this week shut down all of the rest of his visits, and he was going to be like, I'm not meeting with anybody else. So just everybody assumed that he was going to go first overall to Carolina. Um, I have a little bit of a shakeup here with that. Uh, and the latest alert as of yesterday or today is that Will Levis is the number two quarterback on everybody's draft boards. I just want you to stay with me on here. But starting off with Carolina at number one, I had this in my very first mock draft. I This is just going with a gut feeling here. I absolutely could be wrong. But when you look back at draft history, you look back at uh, even going back to uh, the year that Bryce, uh, Bryce, that Baker Mayfield was taking number one overall to Cleveland. Nobody expected it. And uh, you could you, you could see it. So it, it's just something could happen there. Something uh, to catch your attention typically happens in the draft. So the number one overall draft pick I have, Carolina, going with Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. I will say this. When you watch this guy, you watch his film, his throwing uh, mechanics are just, man, they're a little bit less than three quarters. It's almost sidearm. And I'm wondering if they're going to try to fix his throwing motion uh, like they did with David uh, David Carr, like they did with Tim Tebow, and others like that. I'm just wondering like that. But that's all the commentary I'm going to give on that. Uh, that I believe, y'all have heard me say it before, I think they're trying to hit light in the bottle and get what they had in Cam Newton. That's the reason why I'm going with this. At number two, Houston. Now, their defensive-minded coach, brand-new head coach, just came out and said, well, you know, we're not really um, sold on having to take and reach on a quarterback in the first round. Uh, we we kind of like our quarterback room. We don't want to feel like a guy has to come in and be the savior uh, of the uh, of the franchise right off the bat and put all that pressure on them. Uh, and I could see them building a team around uh, first 
and to be able to implement and put a quarterback there. They have a really good quarterback in Davis Mills. Most people don't know that because the organization has been so horrible uh, for the last few years. But he's actually a really good serviceable quarterback. Uh, and so I have them not going quarterback here. I have them pa- not passing up on an opportunity to get a defensive guy from Bama uh, and, and Will Anderson. Uh, this, this is a good pick for them, too. I, I'm going to go ahead and let you know after I take the – just hold on with me. You'll follow with me. Um, I have Arizona at three taking Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman from Georgia. This is – I know there's been a lot of talk, but I'm not going with any trades here. Let me tell you this. I see Arizona trying to trade down. I could, you know, The big talk has been Indianapolis is going to trade up with Arizona one spot so they can get a quarterback that they want. But when you see Anthony Richardson going first, it may put a halt to that as well. Uh, I do see – this is this is my uh, prop bet, I guess you would say here. I do see six first round trades this year. Um, I'm just that's my that's my number. I see six first round trades this year. So remember, I said that. So Arizona going with Jalen Carter there for defensive uh, lineman from Georgia. At four, Indy stays there and gets C.J. Stroud, the quarterback that they probably wanted anyway, right? This is a big talk there. Everybody's wanting Bryce Young, but there's a lot of questions on this. Not only on his height, but also his slender build. Uh, and so you can see him sliding down the draft there, draft boards a little bit. But at number five, Seattle, I have them looking and saying, you know what, we do have a good quarterback there and who's uh, re- revitalized his career. <coughs> Excuse me. But we can't pass up an opportunity to bring in a guy like this that can not only compete but make our quarterback room better, but also be the future of the franchise going forward and them taking Bryce Young. So at five, Seattle with a surprise pick, taking Bryce Young there. Not so surprised because they have hinted around that they may take a quarterback. I think that was a smokescreen, but I think when they begin to look at it, when they see him starting to fall, they're like, hey, we could take him right here. Uh, somebody else could take him, uh, and, and you know, we miss out on an opportunity for a guy that was falling. We didn't expect to be there. Uh, so you can see that happening. At number six, I see Detroit taking Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher from Texas Tech. Guy's getting a lot of talk here recently. At number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders, who just signed pretty Jimmy G to be their quarterback, their bridge gap for the next quarterback going forward. I have them taking Will Levis out of Kentucky, out of Penn State. Yes, Penn State to Kentucky and now to the NFL. A lot of talk on this guy that uh, his film doesn't show a whole lot, but when you also look at the film, you look at the offense that was ran there, you look at offensive line this past year that was horrible, you also look that there was no playmakers and what he was able to do and still keep himself in first-round talks as one of the top four quarterbacks. He could be end up being the best quarterback in, in this uh, in this draft, honestly, especially in the first round. Uh, and that I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it could because what he was used to being able to do without the talent surrounding him at Kentucky. Moving on to number eight, Atlanta. I have the Atlanta Falcons taking... Christian Gonzalez, a cornerback out of Oregon. Good pickup for them. They need to keep building up on their defense to help them out as well. At number nine, Chicago taking the offensive lineman to protect their quarterback, keep him upright so he doesn't have to run, so he can learn how to develop to be a passing quarterback. Getting Peter Skronoski, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. Moving on to number 10, a lot of talk that Philadelphia is going to take B. John Robinson in the first round at number 10. I don't know why they would take him at number 10 if that were the case uh, because they have another pick in the first round. And if he happens to be there because nobody takes running back in the first round, especially early anymore because it's not a high-value pick, um, I, I could see them taking him at 30 if he's still there. So at at number 10, Philadelphia takes Devin Witherspoon, a cornerback from Illinois. 
if you know anything about Philadelphia, even when they're good, they still need DB help. And that's a huge pickup for them. Moving on to number 11, Tennessee. I've I've kind of played this a few times, I think, in both of my mock drafts. I, I have to look back. No, I had one of them taking B. John Robinson, I believe. But I have them saying, you know what, we got rid of, you know, probably possibly the best receiver we've ever had in our organization in A.J. Brown. Traded him and got Traylon Burks, and, and, you know, he was injured, didn't really get the production. Uh, you put everybody up on the on, on the trading block, whether it was Ryan Tannehill and even uh, – I think Robert Woods is there still too. I don't know. He might be gone. Even Derrick Henry being up on the draft uh, on the on the trade block. So they're just trying to figure out what they're going to do offensively. But I could see them coming to their senses here and saying, "Hey, we need to help our quarterback out a little bit more. We need to help our running back out even more." They do. They did. They do have offensive tackle needs because their starting left tackle is gone. But I think they're like, "Hey, we need to boost their offense a little bit. We need to be able to catch up with other people uh, in the uh, in the AFC." Uh, when you look at teams like uh, Kansas City, when you look at teams like Cincinnati that have multiple receiving options there, not just a number one guy, and not trying to put all of that on Traylon Burks, they're going to draft a receiver here uh, out of Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba. This is honestly, this could be the most talented receiver in the, in the draft. He's a, <coughs> excuse me, he's a guy that comes in, doesn't have to be the number one, can take over number one because Traylon Burks is there. It could be a good partnership with them too. And you give Ryan Tannehill an opportunity to be able to have an offense that he semi-had when Julio Jones was there and A.J. Brown, but Julio Jones, of course, was not the Julio Jones that we always knew uh, that we grew up watching. So you have an opportunity to have two young guys that has the star quality power to be able to be those two types of guys uh, if you pair them together. It's It's a good possibility. Moving on to number 12, Houston. Now, I told you, I I talked about quarterback a little bit there, but here at Houston, uh, you have a – they have a pretty decent offensive line, but I have them going. They're just looking at it and saying, why is this guy getting passed up? They're going with Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle from Ohio State. Now, let me say this. Uh, you say all the talks is they need a quarterback, etc. I just explained that to you when they picked at number two and when they picked Will Anderson. Uh, I have them. I'm going to go ahead and give you the, the secret here. I have them taking Hendon Hooker in the third round. And so they get their, their future quarterback going forward as well, even though he's 25. Uh, I think uh, Davis Mills is around about that same age as well. But the upside to Hendon Hooker, especially in the third round, as opposed to, uh, you know, in the first round, putting all that pressure on him to be a boomer bust, this is a perfect opportunity for them to pick up the quarterback in the third round there. And an opportunity to continuously build in that offensive line while they had Paris Johnson there. The New Jersey, the New Jersey, I say that every time, the New York Jets at number 13, they wanted Paris Johnson. So they move on to go get the next best offensive tackle in the draft, and that's Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Good pickup for them, especially if they're getting Aaron Rodgers in this year up that offensive line. Moving on to number 14, the New England Patriots take Joy Porter Jr., the cornerback from Penn State. They need all the help they can get to be able to work out in that division. When you look at that division this year, um, and especially if you bring in Aaron Rodgers and they bring in enough weapons to help out the Jets, this could be they, they could be fighting for their life uh, on the lifeline uh, to be not be in last place in that division. Moving on to number 15, the Green Bay Packers. Yes, they're pay, taking a receiver in the first round. Now that uh, Aaron Rodgers, no, no, I'm just joking. I have them taking Miles Murphy, the edge rusher from Clemson. Uh, they, they are notorious for taking uh, defensive guys 
in the first round and even on the defensive, uh, whether it's cornerback, safety, or defensive line, I can see them doing that this year as well. Moving on to 16, Washington. Uh, the quarterbacks that they wanted are gone. So you see them trying to build up on that offensive line going with Darnell White, the offensive tackle from Tennessee. Number 17, Pittsburgh is on the clock. Now, they have serious needs at cornerback. They have serious needs on offensive line as well. But when they begin to look at it, they also have needs on a defensive line. They take Kalaja Kansi, the defensive lineman from Pitt. This is the guy that got all of the uh, similarities to Aaron Donald. And so this is a guy that could be a huge portion for them, stays home. Go in the first round again from get somebody from Pitt. That could be huge. Moving on to 18, Detroit on the clock again, taking Deontay Banks, a cornerback from Maryland. Now, cornerback wasn't really a uh, a need for them in the first round, but when you see a guy there, uh, and that is one of their big needs now because they let go of Jeff Akuto that just didn't work out for them, and they gave, really gave him up for a second or third round. I think it was a third round uh, pick that they're, they're looking at moving on and, and building that side. And they need all the help that they can get on the defense. Y'all heard me say that uh, the last couple times on the other two mock drafts is that they definitely need all the help they can get on defense. Offensively, they looked great last year, kept them in the games. The defense was just atrocious most of the year. So moving on to number 19, Tampa Bay, drafting the edge rusher from Iowa, Luke Van, Lucas, I'm sorry, Lucas Van Ness. It's a good pickup for them. They need all the help they can get on defense as well. Moving on to number 20, Seattle sees this guy sitting here. Another time that they just see a guy sitting there and they're saying, this, this guy probably fits our mold a little bit better. This is not a guy that's, that's you know, going to just be a plus player just in case. This is a guy that, that, that kind of fits the mold of their defense that they have. And it's Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia. I know I'm flying through this, but just keep up with me. And so that you can go back and look and see which mock draft I was closest on. Y'all know I'm typically really close. This one's a little bit different. Moving on to the 21st pick, the Los Angeles Chargers take Quentin Johnston, the receiver from TCU. They do need receiver help. They're two receivers getting old in age. Uh, they're two main receivers. And they're injured quite often. So uh, this is something that they need there. Y'all have heard me say that before. At 22, Baltimore, they're taking a quarterback. No, they're not taking a quarterback. They're taking, they're they're going the Baltimore way. They're getting the safety, the top safety in the draft, and Brian Branch from Bama. At 23, Minnesota. Now this is a surprise pick uh, because they do need some defensive help. They need a good bit of defensive help, uh, whether it's in the in the secondary, whether it's on the line, or even linebacker. They need it all three levels. They also need another receiver now that Adam Thielen is not there to to be on the opposite side of Justin Jefferson. But I have them going with a surprise pick here because of the value and because of what they've placed on the block and they haven't uh, come to terms with it. Uh, and Dalvin Cook is not, uh, he hasn't signed any tenders. He's not been signed for an extension for a fifth year, uh, for fifth year, for another year's extension. There's none of those things and he's been on the trade block. So I have them taking B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas. At 24, the Jacksonville Jaguars take Maisie Smith, the defensive lineman from Michigan. At 25, the New York Giants, although they have a lot of depth, they're at receiver. They have no playmakers. They have a couple of guys there pretty good, but they have no superstar playmakers. They're going for a guy that's been a superstar wherever he's gone. He was a superstar uh, at, uh, at Pitt and moves on to USC and becomes one of their best receivers there as well. Jordan Addison, the receiver from USC slash Pitt. Big pickup for them. At 26, Dallas. 
when you begin to look at Dallas, you have Michael Gallup. You have deficiencies on the opposite side on the cornerback situation. You have some areas in the defense that need to be fixed. You no longer have Zeke there, although they may sign Zeke back for a lot cheaper because nobody's picking him up. Uh, but when you look at the receiving crew, all you see really is CeeDee Lamb, maybe Michael Gallup. Uh, but Michael Gallup's not really, you know, it's not really um, producing big time. And so you look at a guy to get on the opposite side of CeeDee Lamb and be able to, to, to bring some produ- production to the receiver room there. Uh, this is a guy that I'm not really high on, but he's high on all the boards. So I can see Dallas going for him. Zay Jones, the receiver from Boston College. Moving on to 27, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, a lot of mocks had them taking B. John Robinson. Obviously, he's already gone, uh, but I have them taking another knee that they have, and they take the first and only interior offensive lineman of the first round, and that's Osiris Torrance of Florida, also from Greensburg. Moving on to, to 28, Cincinnati. They have huge needs. They, they At some point, in some way, got to get away uh, from – Eli Apple being their second best corner on the, over there. They also lost both of their starting safeties there, but the top safety is gone, so you don't want to overreach on them. Um, and they, knew, they they probably could still use some more help on the offensive line just because so they could build some depth, but they've done a good job of building that through the free agency. So I have them, like a lot of the mock drafts do, giving them another offensive weapon for Joe Burrow, uh, and that is Michael Mayer, the top tight end. From, from Notre Dame. This guy is going to be electric for them if he is there uh, and if and if they do drafting he could be absolutely electric for them make that offense even more dangerous Moving on to 29, here we go New Orleans, okay? New Orleans I have them taking Brian Breesey and I know that's not how you say his name, that's how it's that's written out and that's how I'm going to pronounce it until they start correcting the way it said the defensive lineman from Clemson This is a guy that's been injury prone throughout his career but if you know anything about the Saints they're known for drafting somebody who's injury prone or somebody that you've never heard of in the first round. So, typically the injury prone guy is going to be in the second round. Uh, but they have a guy here, defensive lineman. When you look at the interior defensive lineman, two guys that, that are the listed as the starters nobody's ever heard of before. I don't even know if they heard of themselves before. So they need it. This, this is a top-rated guy that's still there on the board when they go to draft. Uh, they could go to defensive end. And, and and I'll get to that when I talk about their, their seven-round mock in just a moment. So, Brian Breesey, the defensive lineman from Clemson. He's an interior guy. He also can flip on the outside a little bit. I do believe he's a, a better option than Peyton Turner. And Peyton Turner is listed as the backup to uh, Carl Granderson so, uh, on the defensive end. So, it just I, I think this guy fits better than Peyton Turner. Do I think he's a great pick? Not necessarily. But I do think he fits better than Peyton Turner. At number 30, Philadelphia. Like I said earlier, maybe they would have taken the running back there, uh, B. John Robinson, if he's there, but he was picked up. So I have them going with edge rusher from Iowa State, Will McDonald. This is good. This is a guy that could actually even go further up in in the uh, in the draft, right, you know, go higher up. Somebody drafting before then, but if he's still there, I can see them taking him. Kansas City finishing off the first round. Yes, right. It's only 31 picks because Miami four for their pick for some blah 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 whether it was cheating talking to Tom Brady and it anyway I will say this that whole thing with Tom Brady said talking and said you know he's got some friends in Miami if he wanted to come out of retirement for those who don't know that's he's just taking a shot at them uh for losing their draft pick for talking to him when they shouldn't have talked to him talked to him so 31 Kansas City taking Anton Harrison the offensive tackle from Oklahoma 
good pickup for them. Good, good quality pickup for them. For them, it is the rich get, get richer. Okay. So I gave you my first round mock draft right there. My 3.0. I'm going to give you my mock draft 2.0 for the Saints seven round draft pick here. You already heard I had Brian Breesey, the, the uh, defensive lineman from Clemson, in the first round. In the second round, I had them taking Keon White, the edge rusher from Georgia Tech. That's going to be huge because you have uh, you have Cam. It, he's pretty much said this is going to be his last year. On the other side, Carl Granderson is starting over the guy that was in the first round two years ago, and Peyton Turner, who can't stay on the field anyway and shouldn't have been drafted in the first round. Maybe should have just been picked up as an undrafted free agent. Uh, but this guy... Keon White is a guy that played tight end, and then until they got to Georgia Tech and they moved him on over to uh, defensive end, he's still learning it. But this is a guy that has a high motor, wants to learn. If you get to listen to his uh, his interviews, this guy's amazing. This is a high quality guy as well, and it's a great pickup for him. Moving on to the third round, I had them taking the running back from from uh, Texas A&M, Devin Achain. This is a guy um, that really I know some of the similarities that have been given has been Nahum Himes but uh he could be like that but he also could be in in like a Tredarius uh, Cadet or a Darren Sproles because he is a little bit smaller and he's quick feet and he can get, he's elusive he can move on a dime this could be a good pickup for them if, it, if they get him as well especially if they use the offense correctly which I already know how I feel on that in the fourth round uh, the Saints take Andrew Voorhees, the interior offensive lineman for USC. This is a guy that could have gone in the last two drafts, but because of uh, COVID and et cetera, uh, he is there now, and he's, you know, he, he's going to get on the field and start. He'll probably take the uh, take the spot either away from Cesar Ruiz or uh, finally Andrews Pete, but he'll take the spot at some point if we if we have him. Uh, two years ago, he was mocked in the first round. This is how long he's been been there, right? So in the fifth round. Going linebacker here. Linebacker is not a huge need. Uh, when you look at the, when you, when you look at them there, uh, you have some some guys that that you know Pete Werner. Uh, they are getting older. You know, Demario uh, Davis, etc. But you do need depth there as well. Not only do you need depth, you need youth. Uh, and so you need somebody to be able to come in and learn underneath these leaders and be able to be there. And it can It is a little bit of a luxury pick, but at the same time. It's still a small positional need because you need the depth, you need the youth as well. And I have them taking the linebacker from Louisville, Yasser Abdullah. And, and yes, that's his first name, Yasser. Y-A-S-I-R. So just be get ready for it. Also in the fifth round, I have them taking a tight end, the tight end from Bama, Cameron Latu. Latu, my bad, I said that wrong, Latu. This Cameron Latu is uh, the best available tight end in the draft at this point. Uh, this finally gets him a guy that they could have there uh, if he works out. He is a, a good blocking tight end, and he's also a pretty decent uh, receiving tight end. Not the greatest route runner, but he is a decent receiving tight end. Uh, got the good size and the length, uh, so that's going to help him out with blocking, but also hopefully to move the ball down the field a little bit. In the seventh round, moving on to the seventh round because we had no sixth-round pick. Their first pick in the seventh round, they're going corner here. This is a luxury pick as well, too, because you do have Elante Taylor. You have Paulson Adebo. You have uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, so why not have a fourth guy? This is a guy that, uh, it, you know, maybe you can turn him into a nickel or a dime back to be able to put him in there as well and maybe later on just bring greater depth and have a really strong uh, defensive backfield there. Uh, and this is Miles Brooks from Louisiana Tech. 
you know they love their smaller smaller school guys, and why not get a guy from Louisiana since you're not going to draft an LSU guy because they just won't. Also in the seventh round, this is also kind of a luxury pick because it's not a super um, need. But going with the receiver from from uh, Arkansas, Jaden Hazelwood. This is a guy that's it could be a big producer. He also could be a big bust. That's the reason why he's all the way down in the seventh round. Uh, but what he was able to produce there at Arkansas with the turnover, with the type of offense, with uh, K.J. Jefferson being the quarterback and not necessarily throwing the ball down the field uh, as often uh, and when it wasn't trailing Burks, right? So this is a guy that could really uh, excel for them and be a steal just like Shahid was as undrafted. So that could be huge as well, which also could help you if Michael Thomas all of a sudden um, gets a hemorrhoid or, or turf toe or his, you know, his fingernails not clipped the right way or something, whatever, whatever Michael Thomas goes through. So, uh, anyway, so I, I did want to say this. I do have two other players that are not, and I'm going to move on to where LSU players are picked. Okay. Where I have them in my seven round mock where they're picked. I do have two other players. Uh, one of them is not, he was an LSU guy, but he's no longer an LSU guy. Uh, this past year he went to, to Nebraska and Trey Palmer. I have them have him going to Pittsburgh in the fourth round. Huge steal for them. Uh, receiver's not a huge need, but to have another guy on the opposite side of Pickens to be able to be a legitimate receiver and also a returner, that's going to be huge for them. And the other guy that's outside of LSU uh, that, that I'm really big on watching to see where it goes, Tajay Spears from Tulane slash Ponchatoula. I have him going to Detroit in third round. Detroit uh, could use a good running back to of his caliber as well he could be a steal as well so let's move on to where i believe lsu players are going to end up going this is where i have them mocked i actually do have all of the players being drafted that are draft eligible the, the names that were listed on all the boards um initially i had a few of them going undrafted but when you excuse me when you begin to break down the needs of all these teams and teams taking needs as they get further down in the draft rounds, especially on day three, etc., I have them all being drafted, which that's huge. That's very huge. Uh, so just just stay with me there. So I don't have an LSU guy getting picked in the first round. I have B.J. O'Jolari getting picked in the second round by Chicago. This could be a big pickup for them, a good steal for them, for a guy uh, that uh, could have gone in the first round, has been mocked in a lot of first rounds, and last year was mocked all the way up way early in the first round. Uh, but uh, because of his size, he's going to fall down there. But it is also a position of need for Chicago as well. So that's a good, huge pickup for them in the second round. In the third round, I have Keishon Booty going, and he's going to San Francisco. Uh, this is going to be a good spot for him. When you look at their receiving crew there, when you have Debo Samuel, you have Brandon Ayuk, uh, you really don't have a whole lot there. So you can see him being the third guy and learning how to be a professional. Uh, it may take him a while to find his niche in the NFL, like Debo Samuel took him a few years as well. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, it took him a couple years as well. They weren't, they didn't just step on the field. And with him going in the third round, just like Debo Samuel did, uh, that gives him an opportunity to not have to have that pressure on him to, to, you know, excel right off the bat. Moving on to the fourth round, I have Ja'Kalen Roy going to New England. That's the defensive lineman for LSU this past year. This is a, this is a, a New England type pick as well. Taking a guy uh, from LSU in the later rounds and turning him into a star. That he's, that's happened many, many times in New England. So look out for that. 
Move, moving on to the fifth round, I have Makai Garner, the cornerback, going to the Giants. This is another position need that they have. Uh, they have some. They're kind of strong there, but kind of like the Saints, they can use some help still just a little bit. Makai Garner doesn't have to come in and be the number one guy, but he can come in and, and be a serviceable for them as well. Moving on to the sixth round, Ali Gay, the defensive end that transferred over in 2020, uh, really just trying to you know, be uh, – you know, he's kind of overshadowed by B. Joe Jolari. Also, you know, the freak that was this past year, Harold Perkins. And so he still stayed, did enough to be able to get himself drafted, going in the sixth round of Cleveland. Moving on also into the sixth round. So, yeah, in the sixth round, Miami takes an interior offensive lineman in Anthony Bradford. This is a huge position need that they have there in Miami. And this is going to be a great steal for them, especially if he comes in and uh, really steps up his game uh, like he did this past year decently compared to the two years before, right? Uh, Jay Ward going in the sixth round as, all, uh, as well, going to the L.A. Chargers. It would be a good spot for him. He could probably excel there. They could use him well. Uh, he could probably find himself into uh, either a starting role in the next couple of years or rotating in and out as a reservist player. I don't see him really being a uh, – uh, a special teams guy, but with his versatility of play, being able to play inside at nickel, playing uh, outside at a corner, and also playing safety, this is a guy uh, that could very well have a career that's similar to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, honestly. Uh, and so I, I see them, if they see him there in the sixth round, they're like, oh, we got to take him. Uh, Micah Baskerville, Micah Baskerville, man, linebacker, uh, was really good this past year for LSU, really put himself in the status to be able to be drafted. Falls all the way to the seventh round, goes to Green Bay there. Green Bay picks him up and, and uses him uh, pretty well up there. And uh, that's that's a good pickup for them as well. And that's a good spot for him as well. So that's that's huge. The the seventh round as well, San Francisco. Going back in, getting a guy from LSU. Uh, and this is a guy that I had initially not getting drafted. But the reason why I have him getting drafted now, his size, his length, his athleticism, what he was able to do, not at the Combine, but at LSU's Pro Day, and, and Jarek Jer- uh, Bernard Converse. This is a guy that, honestly, uh, when you begin to look at the tape, is actually a better corner, not just because of his size, but because his cover uh, coverability uh, was much better than Guy Garner was this past year. Uh, and this is a guy that brings experience. He knows how to be able to get in there and do it. He could be a steal, especially that late in the seventh round. He is also a guy uh, that could fall out of the seventh round and be an undrafted free agent. But, like I said, all of the talks uh, about him and how well he did on the pro day, his measurables and all that stuff, he's rising up the boards and to be able to be drafted. That's going to be huge. So, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm still super excited. It's only a few days away. The countdown's been on since last Thursday for me and Colin. You know we're going to be sitting up there uh, eating food and watching the draft. That's just what we do, especially the first round. Uh, And so, I'm super excited about it. Make sure you listen. You can listen even before and after or before or after and see how close I was on all of my draft picks, especially in the first round, the Saints draft picks, where LSU guys went, et cetera, where, uh, you know, Tajay Spears, Trey Palmer, guys like that may have went as well. I also had uh, uh, Eli, I can't think of his name right now, Eli, the cornerback that went from LSU to Bama. I have him going to San Francisco in the third round, by the way, in case you wanted to know. So, I have all of that. So, just keep a watch out on it. Thank you all for the listens. It means the world to me. I hope you enjoyed it. I will see you next time. Make sure you watch the draft if you're a draft nerd like me and like me and Colin and a few other people. 
I absolutely love it. It is Christmas time for me when it comes to sports. I love it. I can't say it enough. Thank you all again. This is your favorite podcaster, Mark Atreira, with your favorite podcast, Making a Cut.